tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us, whether it's in person or online, and excited that you guys are here. Uh, Welcome together. Uh, My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. And I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship with us again, whether it's online or here in person. So what was it? What was, the, what was your top uh, gadget or tool or is that? Someone yell it out. What is it? Keurig. A Keurig. Yes. We use those almost every day or more. Anybody over here? What about you guys? A, a Keurig too. Okay, come on. What? A toilet? Yeah. yeah. But what kind of toilet? And maybe you have one of those, you know, bidet things. Woo! Um, there are all kinds. Of, I have a few of my own that I wanted to bring with you that I, I just thought that you would love. I have to share these with you because, you know, the things that we get excited about, we want to share. Like, for instance, there's this, um, it's called a PB knife. It's a peanut butter knife. It has a special uh, hook on the bottom so you can get around the bottom edge and go up in the corner. And get this, I wanted to save the wrapping of this because it says on here, change your life. You know, there's a lot of things that can change your life. I didn't know a peanut butter knife could change your life. But there are other great gadgets that are here. Here, this one I really love. It is a uh, um, mosquito catcher. Can you see the kind of cool light that's there? You put this out on your uh, porch or out in your room and all the mosquitoes come in and get sucked in and then they get dehydrated and die. That's what this says on there. Okay, now this one is one of my favorites. Y'all see this? Toilet paper roll. <laughs> yes, of course you would because the toilet is the better thing in there. But I love this toilet paper. How many of you have wrestled with the, that little springy thing that's in there? Well, no more. Check this out. You take a toilet paper roll and you just come in here, slide it in, and there it is. Ooh, you want one, I know. I know. <clears throat> I can't wait to install that in my house. But this is my favorite of all. This one here. This is a blanket that looks like a giant flour tortilla. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you can wrap yourself on it, and now you have a Mike burrito. Yes, those are awesome. You know, one of the fun growing realities of humanity and human nature is that when we find something amazing, we not only love to use it, but we also love to share about it. Uh, We tell our family, we tell our friends, we post about it, we, we write a Yelp review about it. We love to rage about the things that we love. Uh, Well, way more than any gadget is when we learn of how great and amazing and ever-flowing and always filling God's love is. And not only do we want to revel in it, but it is so fun to share. It's like a, a, when you see a younger couple or an older couple in love or two friends that have a long time friendship. We love to hear their story and we love to celebrate with them. I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but some of you have heard the stories of Prince Philip in England who has passed away a couple of weeks ago. But if you, if, you, if you listen to the love story between Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, it's amazing. They met when she was 13. And then afterwards courted, got married. They've been married for some 72, 73 years. He passed away a couple of weeks ago. I just want to encourage you to pray for the queen. I don't know if you saw the 
memorial service, but uh, um, heart-wrenching and heartwarming, a much-beloved prince. Uh, but one, of the, one of, the, of the queen's tasks in her royal duties is actually to bring the love of God to the world. Because once we experience the amazing love of God, we want to revel in it and all the more share about it. And if you've watched the memorial service, you saw that service speaking of Christ and his redemption and his love. <clears throat> how we learn and how we know of God's amazing and radical love is to watch Jesus. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. An encounter with Jesus reveals God. For Jesus said in John 10, 30, he who has seen me has seen the Father. But in John 10, 30, it says, I and the Father are one. One meaning one in the same. So what, kind, what, what, what is God's heart? And what is God's radical love like? And how does that affect us? Well, in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32, through a very familiar story often told, Jesus reveals six truths of the love of God and truths to live by. So I'd like for us this morning to explore these truths for the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. So before we look into that, if you wouldn't mind standing up one more time and, uh, and let's just pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. I know he has something for you here and something for those of you online. God wants you to gain something from us today, from this time together. Father God, thank you for the fun that we can have sharing our gadget stories and tool stories, but also how fun it is to learn and, and revel in and reveal the love of God. So God, help us in that. Today, challenge us. Maybe open our mind to something we need to hear. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. And God, may we be challenged from today's time in your word, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, and I encourage you, uh, if you're here with us, you receive one of these worship folders coming in. There's an outline that you can fill in. The, the, there's blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. I also encourage you to grab a study guide, which is out in the lobby area, because there's a certain picture on that I want you to see, and, and you'll see some of it up here on there. But, but also online, you can go to the uh, Revive section, or you put the QR code, if you've seen that before, coming up. Maybe it'll come up in just a bit. You'll see that, and you can click on that. They'll take you to the Revive section of our webpage for Sunday morning, and you can pick up, a download an outline, or, or you can certainly look at that Revive section on the webpage. In there, there's a whole lot of information that you want to gain. There's... Uh, publications there there's also we also have a podcast that we uh produce weekly that goes through a little deeper into the study sometimes it takes rabbit trails it's kind of interesting to to listen to and so i encourage you with that but take your bibles if you will and open up to the bible book of luke luke chapter 15 uh, it's uh, found in the new testament matthew mark then luke uh, luke chapter 15 uh, jesus is is as what has been attracting crowds everywhere where jesus went he attracts crowds of people. Uh, he was talking then about God's kingdom and, and, and what it takes to follow him. Now this particular crowd was very interesting. Uh, yes, the religious right were there because they were always inspecting Jesus, seeking to try to trip him up on things. But the crowd that was there were not all that religious and, or, or even nice or, or, or good up, upstanding citizens. Uh, who was at that crowd that day besides the religious light, right were the, those known swindlers, criminals, People not choosing God or his way of life. But for some reason, they liked Jesus and his teachings. His teachings were interesting to them and even life-changing. Oh, the religious leaders who were there 
were not happy about this. In Luke chapter 15, verse 2, it says this, And the Pharisees and scribes, those religious leaders, grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. In other words, Jesus welcomes them into his teaching, welcomes them into his life. See, these Pharisees and scribes, these religious leaders, had missed the heart of God because God loves all and is inclusive. These religious leaders who should have reflected the heart of God because they had studied Torah, they had studied the Bible at that time and and, and heard of God and knew of God, yet they were teaching some form of separatism based on human pride. And according to Matthew 23, wanted to sit in the seat of Moses to be a lawgiver and have that kind of power. They pushed people down to elevate themselves. And in Matthew 23, Jesus calls them hypocrites, blind guides, whitewashed tombs, full of greed and self-indulgence. Woo! Uh, Not all at all like the inclusive radical love of God. So Jesus, in in Luke chapter 15, tells a numbers of stories, not only to the audience of those who are not following God, but also to the audience of those religious leaders. It was a story of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then a lost son, two lost sons, actually, entitled by some called the the story of the prodigal son. But it's more than just about one rebellious son. The story reveals the radical love of God, six different truths And knowing these truths is is important. The intensity of God's love, see, inspires a deeper connection with him. So let's look at these. The first of these six truths of the love of God to live by is that God lets us choose. God lets us choose. Verses 11 to 16, the story that Jesus tells. He, He, that's Jesus, says there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and and took a journey into a far-off country where he squandered his property on reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to to feed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. The younger son asked for his portion of what he would get if his father had died. It's about one-third or less of the estate. Not normal in that day, but permissible. This obviously speaks of the son's rebellion and desire to no longer be connected to his father. That was very shameful in that time because the average or the reality, the custom was that the sons would take over the father's business and yeah, they would may turn the business a little bit different this way and that way depending upon the son's uh, abilities. But they were expected to work the family business. So this move was selfish and self-focused and shameful on the father. And yet in the story, the father allows it It's an insight into the reality that God lets us choose. See, we're not robots that are forced to obey the voice and the will of God. It's a choice, a choice to listen and a choice to act. And God will let us enjoy the blessings or face the repercussions of our choices. We have a free will. For there is no true love 
without free will. Let me say that again. There, there is no free, true love without free will. I encourage you to take that phrase and, and, and let it settle in with you and let it uh, uh, ruminate in your mind. It will answer a lot of questions you have about God and why he allows what he does. There is no true love without free will. But we have the power and the privilege to make choices. That's why Joshua in the Old Testament Testament challenged God's people like this in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Now the context of this is that uh, Israel was in bondage in Egypt. God sent Moses, freed him out. They wandered some 40 years in the desert and then was led into the promised land led by Joshua. Joshua then takes them through the promised land. They get settled in that land and it's time for Joshua to go and be with God, to go to heaven, to die. And Joshua gathers the people and says this, Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Now therefore, make the choice and fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your sight to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, God loves us enough to give us a free will to choose. Following Jesus in his way of life is not automatic. It takes a willful choice. Not just a one-time choice, but a daily and a moment choice. Willful choices that asks, that, that, that willful choices to, to do what God asks of us. And he really doesn't ask that much of us. But it's not always easy what he asks. And it also takes a choice to know what he asks. But also a choice to grow in, in a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Yes, it's talking about also the first time you come to faith in Jesus. Much like Thomas, he went, ah, I get it. You are the Messiah. You are the one that took the sin of the world upon him, died in our place. And now to, I believe, I, I, I understand that you're it. It's a belief that says that first time I get it, I'm sinful, I need a savior, and it's Jesus. But it's also the choice to continue to have that relationship with God because a lot of times we can take God and chuck him out of our house. Now, it's not that we lose our salvation, but we simply just ignore him and push him out. And actually, the context of this verse is Jesus standing out of the the house of one who believes and is simply knocking it in, saying, hey, I'm out here. Love to have a relationship with you out here. And he stands and he knocks. He's not going to barge into our lives and take control. He knocks. It's our choice to let him in. I, I came to faith uh, 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 as a younger person, and, and as I began to grow in faith, I, I, uh, the, the sins of the world were there, and I began to start choosing more of what I wanted to do in the sins of the world than what God wanted to do. And in a sense, I pushed Jesus out of my life and just let sin reign. And Jesus was knocking, knocking. 
And it didn't occur to me till I was one day with, with my youth pastor. He was, I was accompanying him on a sermon that he was giving to a group of students. And as I listened to that, God got a hold of my heart. The knocking was so loud, I had to let him in, confess my sin and begin that relationship like the prodigal turned back to God. See, it's our choice if, if we will follow God's way or not. As 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, there's no temptation, no opposite way of going God's direction overtaking you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. He will not tempt you beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. There's always a choice. And within the bounds of his sovereign will, he allows choices. This young son he allows, just like this young son, he allows us to, to make unwise and even hurtful decisions. Why did not the father stop him? You already know the answer. Because of love. For you can't have love without free will. And the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. The next truth of God's radical love is that God is good. Look at verse 17 to uh, 19 in Luke chapter 15. But then he came to himself. Actually, literally, that, literally it means he came to his senses. It's a, it's a Hebrew and an Aramaic word that means he kind of understood in his mind that he needed to repent. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. You see, the, this son recognizes that his father is a good man and treats people fairly. Jesus is saying God is good. Unfortunately, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders had a harsh view of God. And, and what they were teaching <clears throat> was that God is all about judgment and about penance and about pushing us down. Now, sure, there are choices to obey God, but that is how we show our love to God. But God is good, He's caring, He's, he's kind, He's generous, he, He's merciful. All throughout the Bible speaks of God's goodness. First Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Whenever you see the word steadfast love in the Old Testament, it's talking about the Hebrew word chesed. It's, it's, it's this great loyal love of God that always flows, never stops, and there's no way you can push it away. Sure, you could ignore it and turn your back on it, and not experience the full frontal uh, reality of that, but it's still there. No choice you make ever shuts off the love of God. God is good. Say it with me. God is good. God is good. Yeah, in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or, or shadow due to change. God is generous. Say it with me. God is good. God is good. Uh, Nahum 1.7, that's the great In-N-Out Bible verse. In-N-Out hamburgers. For if you pick up the double-double and look on the bottom side, it will say Nahum 1.7. Now some of you are going, I didn't know that. Well, go get one and look at it. 
It's right there. It doesn't list the verse, but this is what the verse says. The Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. See, God knows us and what is good for each of us. Say it with me. God is Yes, he is. And no matter what choices we make, it does not change his goodness. Now, to experience his goodness, we need to choose to interact with him. And, and, and the, the radical truth is that there is never a time you are so far gone from God that we can't come back to close connection with him. God is, yes, he is, good in giving grace. Grace is, is blessing us with what we do not deserve, the connection with God, the blessings of God, the, the, the family with God. But he's also good in mercy, holding back what we do deserve because God is, like, like this son, we are to come to our senses and make our way back to experiencing the goodness of God. For there is a blessing in his presence. Ha, ha. You, I hope you get this point, this reality, that the goodness of God and to experience that for the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. Another truth of God's radical love is God's compassion, and this verse is the one that blows me away. Verse 20 of Luke 15, and when he, that's the son who came to his senses, arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. God loves us and doesn't stand there waiting with the arm folding, waiting for us to grovel and crawl and yell out in penance, oh God, I've sinned. No, when he sees us coming forward, he takes off running after you. He loves you that much. The God of the universe, the God who created and spoke it all into being comes running after us. It was not dignified in human terms for his rich and powerful landowner to below these Pharisees. But God's radical love ran after us. When I was distant from God and pushed him out of my life and I, I came to my senses and realized my sin and I faced towards God, God came running after me. Why not run to him? God loves you that much. He wants so bad for you and him to be so intensely close that you experience that, that full reality of his love and let him embrace you and, and get that. What's holding you back? Let's come to our senses. All it takes is that we stop and make our way towards God. Maybe right now. Bow your heads with me. Even at home, bow your heads. And I want to ask you, where are you with God? Have you pushed him out of your life? Have you decided, and, and, and the, like the prodigal, and just say, I don't want, I want to do everything my way, I want to take what I have and go? Maybe it's time to come back. So if that's where you are, I just want you to pray this very simple prayer. God, I've been running from you in this area, and list it, whatever it is relationships, finances, 
life purpose. Forgive me of that, God. And right now, here this day, I want to return to you. I want to come back to you. Help me feel the embrace of your grace and mercy. And we pray this because of Jesus. Amen. You can look up. If that's something that you prayed, let somebody know. Find somebody you trust, let them know. If you want to and you're here live, write it on that connection card and just say, Mike, I I made that decision and and I will pray for you. If you're online, text me, or excuse me, email me, mike at neighborhoodchurch.com or you can do that same if you're here. And let me pray for you. See, the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. And once we head back to God, Uh, more of his radical love comes out as we discover God is forgiving. Look at verses uh, 21 to 24. And the son said to him, the father, I have sinned against you. The son has come back. He's come to his senses. He comes to his father. The father has run after him and embracing him. And this is what he says. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, the breast robe, bring the breast robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and his shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill us and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and now alive. He was lost and now found and they began to celebrate. God forgives and God moves quickly to restoration First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To forgive is to cancel, to cancel a debt. It's forgiven. It's to pardon an offense, to let it go. God does not hold this offense against us any longer. It is forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, uh, Psalm says. And there is restoration the father brings the, the, the robe that symbolizes family, the signet ring that symbolizes family, shoes on his feet saying he's provided for. That's radical. But to feel that is to get close to God. And like the prodigal, it's willing to come to our senses, to, to humble ourselves and to admit our sin. And we may feel unworthy because we are. But God's radical love forgives and restores. Know this and enjoy the celebration. For the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. See, God lets us choose. It's good. It's co- God is good. It, it, God is compassionate. And he forgives. And in all this, God pursues connection. And we've been talking about the the younger son. Now it's time for the older son. Verse 25 of Luke 15. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and drew near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed a fatted calf because he's received him back safe and sound. But this older son, he was angry and refused to go in. His father 
came out and entreated him. The older son, they're the Pharisees that were standing there. They knew it, Jesus knew it, and so did the rest of the crowd. But notice, even though Jesus had some intense things to say about them, whitewashed tombs, hypocrites, God still desired and pursues a connection. A connection with those heading his way and for those angry and refusing to connect. God is and has been pursuing us and will not stop. That's radical. Know this and respond. We don't know what happened to the older son. Jesus left it as a ha because it's open for all of us. Did they respond and come in? We don't know. But how will you respond? For the intensity of God's love inspires a a deeper connection with him. One more truth of God's radical love. God is affirming. I love the end of this story. The father entreated him. Verse 28 says, verse 29, but he, the older son, answered his father, look, These many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command, yet you never even gave me a goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, notice he didn't say my brother. He has disassociated himself, which is a very strong bond. That sibling bond is the strongest bond, and especially in that time of day in life, it was stronger than even a parental bond. But when this son of yours who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him? And then the father said, here's the affirmation. Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate, to be glad for your brother has, was dead and is alive. He was lost And now found. The father does not rebuke the older son. But he affirms him. And affirms the younger son's repentance with celebration. God actually likes you. He enjoys. Yeah. I mean the person next to you may not. But but God likes you. And he, he wants to be there with you. And he affirms us and desires and pursues us, so willing to affirm us in being that stronghold that knows us, as Nahum 1.7 says, to be a blessing to us, as as Ephesians 1.3 says, that we have every spiritual blessing from God. And being with us, as Deuteronomy 31.6 says, that we don't need to be afraid, but we can be strong and courageous because God is always with us. You know, There is so much more. The Bible is crammed full of affirmations. Man, let those soak in. Those great and wonderful promises of God for the intensity of God's love inspires a deeper connection with him. Is not the radical love of God great? Say yes. Yes, far more than any cool gadget God's love is amazing and and worth revealing and reveling in and sharing with others. God lets us choose. 
God is good. God is compassionate. God is forgiving. God pursues connection and God is affirming. See, the intensity of God's love inspires a a deeper connection with him. Let's embrace God's radical love. Will you pray with me? Father God, I can never grow tired of sharing how awesome and wonderful and amazing and beautiful and life-giving and fresh your love is. Wow, God. Why do I ever stray from it? Why do I ever turn my back on it? Lord, help me. Even in my struggles, help us in our struggles. We can so easily take that prodigal path or even the older brother's path and look down in judgment on others. Help us come in. Help us connect. Help us embrace. Help us enjoy. Help us revel in and then reveal the great love of you. (laughs) Thank you for that love, God. Encourage us. May we let it soak in and drive us even deeper to knowing you. We pray this because of you, Jesus.